and we're, we're there. So, as you know, today is the first Sunday of Advent on the liturgical calendar. Advent is, is as we have said, gosh, how many Advents have we been through together now? I guess this is Advent number seven for us, together as a family of God. It's a season of hope and expectation, and every year it comes around and uh, those words go together, hope and expectation. It's a season where we, we remember the coming of the Christ child, the Son of Man who, who brings us hope. And then expectation, we look forward with expectation to the fulfillment of His promise. The second advent, the second coming of the Son of Man, He's promised to come and to take his people home. And as Christians, I think we all really deep down want to know when that is going to occur, don't we? <laughs> don't we? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you knew it was coming and you didn't have to worry about taking out the trash or whatever? Right? And I'm not going to clean the church this Saturday because, well, Jesus is coming on Sunday. But we don't know that. We don't have that luxury. And it's probably for the best. We need to be about our Father's business until He comes. And then it's just in a blink of an eye and suddenly everything has changed. We will be transformed, Scripture tells us. But the reality is Scripture tells us that only the Father knows the date and the time of Christ's return. Not even Jesus Himself knows when that will happen. But Jesus says that we will know when the time is near because there will be signs. In the gospel, according to Luke this week, Jesus tells us there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. See, for Christians, it's not a time to fear. It's a time to stand up. The message says it like this. It says, we will seem it will seem like all hell has broken loose. Sun, moon, stars, earth, sea in an uproar and everyone all over the world in panic. The wind knocked out of them by the threat of doom. The powers that be quaking. And then, then they'll see the Son of Man welcomed in a grand style, a glorious welcome when all this starts to happen up on your feet stand with your heads high help is on the way isn't that a great image while the rest of the rear is uh, the world is running around with their heads cut off in fear we're standing up and celebrating the coming of the son of man 
And so when we see the events that are unfolding across the world these days, with world powers clashing in wars, and the wars and the rumors of wars are raging, terrorism and fear rising across the planet, we're experiencing the signs of the nearing of the second advent. Now we can react to these signs, these world events with fear and foreboding, our heads hung in doom and gloom, just like the unbelievers do, or we can stand up and raise our heads. Jesus tells us because these are the signs that he is coming soon. Our, our redemption, our help, our hope is on the way. And so after Jesus tells us these things in Luke, he tells a parable, as he often does, to illustrate the point. He says, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Once again, I, I like the language of that passage in the message. It says it this way. It says, look at a fig tree. Just, just look at it. Any tree for that matter. When the leaves begin to show, one look tells you that summer is right around the corner. It's the same here. When you see these things happen, you know God's kingdom is about here. Don't brush it off. I'm not just saying this for some future generation, but for this one too, these things will happen. Sky and earth will wear out. My words won't wear out. See, don't ignore the leaves on the trees. We're really good at ignoring the signs. Out there in the world, we see all this stuff going on and we can sweep it under the rug. We can brush it off and say, oh, it's really of no significance. Or we can take Jesus's advice and pay attention. He tells us, don't look at the events in the world and forget what I'm saying here in this passage. We, we need to heed these events for what they are, signs, signs that he is coming soon. The heat is getting turned up and you can either be aware of it or you can be the frog in the pot. You know, the frog in the pot where they turn the heat up gradually and the frog doesn't even know he's getting cooked until it's too late. The heat's been turned up. The events are happening with greater frequency and with greater intensity. So we have to be ready. And we need to help others to know Jesus so that they too can be ready because the first advent brings us light and hope and salvation. The second advent brings judgment to those who are not ready. Brings judgment to us all, but it's nothing to worry about if you're ready. Don't be caught unready. Jesus tells us that we need to watch. Listen to what he says in Luke 21, 
34 through 36. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life. And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Listen to the message. Be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation get dulled by parties and drinking and shopping. Boy, that's Black Friday, isn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise, spring on you suddenly like a trap, for it's going to come on everyone everywhere all at once. So whatever you do, don't go to sleep at the switch. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and the wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up on your feet before the Son of Man. Now, if you're one of the ready ones, you don't have any reason for that season to be one of concern. It's a season of joy. It's a season of hope. It's a season where the love of God is being poured out on us. And that brings us peace. Hope, love, joy, and peace. Advent. It's a season of expectation and it begins with hope. We celebrate the first Advent, the coming of the Christ child. We hope for the second Advent, that second coming of Christ the King. It's time where we look for deliverance from the struggles and strife of this world and set our eyes on the light of Christ that's coming. We hope for peace, not only for peace in our surroundings, but in the world for peace within. Now, it's been kind of my personal tradition to talk about my first realization of Advent and what it means to me. And so I, I'm in the habit of sharing it in one medium or another this time of year. And I thought I would just do that here. So I know you've heard it if you've been around countryside for a while. But it's very short and it's very personal. But I think it speaks to the hope that Advent brings. You see, when I was a younger man, I was a Marine and I was leading Marines in at Christmas time in combat in the deserts of Kuwait and Iraq. And I found myself looking for peace in the midst of absolute chaos. It was a cool December night that I remember and I was in a fighting hole that was dug deep into the desert sands right there on the Kuwaiti border. The ground war was imminent and the atmosphere was intense. And we had scud missiles and frog missiles that were impacting our vicinity. And oh, by the way, my father-in-law is one of my personal heroes. It, now, he's only a year younger than I am. <laughs> I love calling him dad. He was one of the people who worked on the implementation of the Patriot missile system. 
I can't tell you how many times my Marines and myself were saved by a Patriot missile intercepting one of these Scud and Frog missiles before it had a chance to do any damage to us. And so I, I, I just love having uh, that relationship with him. He, he just got a job with General Dynamics. He's been working for Raytheon for 15 plus years. And now he works for General Dynamics. You know what he does for a living? They build bomb casings. I know we're in church and I'm talking about bomb casings, right? They build bomb casings. They're called bunker busters. And these things are 2,000 pound solid steel with an explosive charge. And when they're dropped, they burst through concrete and earth and rock and soil 80 feet before they explode. Isn't it something that we live in a world where a device like that is necessary? What do you think about that? Wars and rumors of wars. Preparation for such an occasion where we would need something like that. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes to do the work of the kingdom, you have to bust through a few bunkers. And so these Scud and Frog missiles were impacting in our vicinity and the, the whoosh of the, the outbound Hawk and Patriot missiles were going on around us and it was chaotic. And we sat in our holes, nothing to do but wait and reflect. Every person there was faced with the reality of his own mortality. With the knowledge that, that soon we would be breaching the minefields that lay between us and the liberation of Kuwait. It wasn't a great place to spend Christmas. And at that time in my life, I, I knew about Jesus. It wasn't that I hadn't been raised in a Christian home. You see, I'd just never taken the time to claim him as my personal savior. I also knew that I had this responsibility in front of me to to lead my Marines and that responsibility included getting them through the war with mind, body and spirit intact. And so. Although I had training, I had absolutely no experience. Safeguarding. The spirit and the soul. Of people. And so there in my fighting hole with several of the Marines around me, I could see the anxiety on their faces. These are highly trained people. Not fear, but anxiety. At the same time, because it was dark and it was desert and it was clear, I could see this vast night sky above me. The stars were as magnificent and abundant as I had ever seen. And it brought to mind when I was a child, I remember picking up a Christmas card and it had the Magi on their camels in the desert and they were following this bright 
star that was set in a sea of blackness and it was one of those foil cards that had this shimmering image and it was burned into my young brain as a child for such a time as this. There was comfort in the memory, but there was also conviction. And so I remembered that I had received a Red Cross package a few days ago. And I, so I dug into my pack and in there was a small Bible, much like the ones that we hand out at Christmas time from the Gideons, those little small Bibles. And it was, it was camouflaged, which is... That's kind of an interesting thing too, isn't it? A camouflaged Bible. And it had just the Psalms and the Proverbs and the New Testament. And so I pulled it out and I opened it to Psalms because I didn't know where else to go. And as I thumbed through, I came across Psalm 91 and I read it and it spoke to me. And you'll see why it says, you will not be afraid of the terror by night. Or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge. Even the most high, your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. See, the, the sense of peace that came over me after I read that was as powerful as anything that I had ever experienced. I was so overcome by the sense of it that I read the entire psalm out loud to those that were around me. And I began to hear something that really is out of place in a marine fighting hole. I heard the sound of weeping. Weeping. Some of them wept. Some of them stared quietly up at the night sky. But all of them to a man felt a sense of peace. Peace from within by the power of the Holy Spirit. The faces of anxiety were gone. And so I got up out of my fighting hole and I took my little camouflage Bible open to the 91st Psalm and I visited with each fighting hole around the perimeter and I shared the Psalm and that same peace was apparent. Now, it's just my opinion, mind you, but I think that one of the first steps in salvation is the surrendering of self and allowing the peace of Christ to enter your heart. That experience in the desert that night in December paved the way for my becoming a Christian. It was the Advent season for me. It was the peaceful beginning of a season of expectation and hope that came in the midst of war and chaos and death and destruction. And so that psalm is forever ingrained in me as 
an Advent song. I don't think it was written that way. That's just what it means to me. The coming of Christ into your life begins with a hope for something better. A hope that leads to peace. It's that deep down internal all the way to your soul peace that only comes by grace from the Prince of Peace himself, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I have to ask the question, as I've done every year for the past seven years, are you ready? Are you ready, not just for the celebration of Christmas, not just for the celebration of the birth of our Savior Jesus, but are you ready for the second advent, the second coming of Christ the King? How will you stand before him when he comes? Will you stand with your head bowed in shame? Or will you stand with your head raised in joyful celebration that hope is finally come? No matter what your struggle has been throughout your life, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, illness, finances, relationships, all the things that happen in this fallen and broken world, no matter what you're dealing with, when you know Jesus, you can stand before him joyfully. Are you ready? If you haven't made the commitment to Jesus, If you're watching online, I know all these folks in the sanctuary intimately. I don't know some of you that way. I'm glad you're watching. I'm glad you're listening. I'm glad you join in. I know some of you. If you have not made that invitation, that commitment to Jesus by inviting him into your heart, this is the season. This is your season to do just that. See, if you need to think about where you are, whether you're ready for a relationship with the living Christ, then think about it, but don't tarry. Because the signs are here. They're happening all around us. Just turn on the TV. You'll see them. Just go into any, any, city street across this country. See the leaves on the trees. Your redemption is drawing near. Don't miss it by ignoring the signs. Don't miss it by waiting too long. Come and experience real peace this Christmas. Peace within. It's right here at the foot of the cross. It's right here at the foot of the cross. All you have to do is accept it. 
It's here at the cross. It's here at the rail. It's here at the table. In the name of God. In the name that is above every name. In the name of Jesus, accept the invitation this season before the leaves are all on the ground and the signs of the times have come full circle and there is no more time. Because when the clouds part and the Son of Man shows up, it's too late. It's too late. Don't wait. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.